Blog Talk Radio. You ready? I am. All right. All right, everybody. Well, let's get us let's get us all American hymnal and let's stand together. And we're gonna turn to two hundred and twenty nine. This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven's open door. And I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Oh, Lord, you know I have no friend like you. If heaven's not my home, then, Lord, what will I do? The angels beckon me from heaven's open door, and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. They're all expecting me, and that's one thing I know. My Savior pardoned me, and now I onward go. I know he'll take me through, though I am weak and poor, and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Oh, Lord, you know I have no friend like you. If heaven's not my home, then, Lord, what will I do? The angels beckon me from heaven's open door, and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. And the last, just up in glory land, we'll live eternally. The saints on every hand are shouting victory. Their songs of sweetest praise drift back to heaven's shore. And I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Oh, Lord, you know I have no friend like you. If heaven's not my home, then, Lord, what will I do? The angels beckon me from heaven's open door. And I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Amen. Praise God. It's getting where you just, well, that song gets more true every day, doesn't it? Amen. I'll tell you, this world ain't getting no better. I thank God we've got a world to come that we're going to. Amen. Where we're going to be with the Lord forever. Praise God. But it's good to see you this, this sunshiny morning. It is a pretty day. Amen. God blessed us with some nice weather, and we're very grateful for that. Good to have visitors here this morning. Good to have all of you here. Good to have Lucas and Taryn visiting us from uh, big city, what, Azel? Azel, yeah. Amen, over by Fort Worth. Uh, and they, they, they sent us a thank you card. I'm going to read it to, to you. And it says, Dear Temple Baptist, we want to thank you all. We want to thank all of you very much for our wedding gift. We're so grateful. We love you, Lucas and Taryn Fields, and we love you all too. Amen. We're very grateful for you all. And just thankful to the Lord for you. Amen. All right. Prayer requests this morning. Yes, sister. The what? Where at? Okay. Pray, pray for their families. Amen. Right. Yeah. Their congregation. Uh, 
Yeah. Yeah, that's been a few weeks ago. But Huh. <clears throat> but anyway, absolutely. Anybody else? Oh my soul. Well, we'll pray for him. You know, God does miracles all the time. And not to say that he will or won't, but we, you know, it's all up to his will. But we'll certainly pray that God will do something in that case. Uh, anybody else? Any other prayer requests? All right. Well, let's just pray that God meets with us today. Amen. I mean, like we sang in that song sometime, all is vain unless the spirit of the Holy One come down. We need God to meet with us today. Amen. And so let's ask him to. And I urge you to pray with us, not just listen while we pray, but pray with us. There's power when a church prays together. So let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask him to uh, be with the prayer request, bless the offering, and uh, pray that he meets with us today. Robert, lead us in prayer, please. Amen. You can be seated. Turn to 331. Amen. We just sat down, but we're going to sing Stand Up, Stand Up for Jesus. Amen. We'll stand up on the inside. Amen. Stand up, stand up for Jesus, ye soldiers of the cross. Lift high his royal banner. It must not suffer loss. From victory unto victory, his army shall he lead. Till every foe is vanquished, and Christ is Lord indeed. Stand up, stand up for Jesus, the trumpet call obey. For to the mighty conflict in this his glorious day, ye that are men now serve him against the numbered foes. Let courage rise with danger and strength to strength oppose. Stand up, stand up for Jesus. Ye in his strength alone, the arm of flesh will fail you. Ye dare not trust your own. Put on the gospel armor and watch. 
watching unto prayer, where duty calls or danger, be never wanting there. Praise God. Let's turn over to 357. 357. Amen. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. We ought to bless his holy name. Amen. We ought to, we ought to speak highly of our Lord on a daily basis. Amen. And give him the glory that he's due. Oh, for a thousand songs to sing, blessed be the name of the Lord, the glories of my God and King. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name, blessed be the name, blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name, blessed be the name, blessed be the name of the Lord. Jesus, the name that charms our fears, blessed be the name of the Lord. There's music in the sinner's ears. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name, blessed be the name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name, blessed be the name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He breaks the power of canceled sin. Blessed be the name of the Lord. His blood can make the foulest clean. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name. Blessed be the name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name. Blessed be the name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. Amen, sister. Praise God's right. Amen. Let's turn over one page, I believe. One page over to 360, and we're going to sing Leaning on the Everlasting Arms. What the Bible tells us says underneath are the everlasting arms. God's always got us. Amen. What a fellowship, what a joy divine leaning on the everlasting arms. What a blessedness, what a peace is mine, leaning on the everlasting arms, leaning, leaning, safe and secure from all alarms, leaning, leaning, leaning on the everlasting arms. Oh, how sweet to walk in this pilgrim way, leaning on the everlasting arm. Oh, how bright the path grows from day to day, leaning on the everlasting arm. Leaning, leaning, safe and secure from all alarms, leaning, leaning. Leaning on the everlasting arms. Have I to dread? What have I to fear? Leaning on the everlasting arms. 
I have blessed peace with my Lord so near, leaning on the everlasting arms, leaning, leaning, safe and secure from all alarm, leaning, leaning, leaning on the everlasting arms. Amen. Praise God. That's a good place to be. Leaning on the Lord, Amen. That's just that's exactly what what Grant's been teaching on ever since we've been here. <laughs> and I don't say that to be poking at him either. I, I, I'm not poking at him when I say that at all. I, I'm he's he's preaching on the heroes of faith, quick sister, and uh, they were all leaning on the everlasting arms, Amen. Moses endured as seeing him who is invisible. He was leaning on the everlasting arms. Amen. And thank God for that. That went good there. Okay, two? Okay. Praise God. Amen. God blessed her with a voice, didn't he? Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, good morning. Good morning. It's good to see you today. And uh, I've thought about this all week long. And uh, 
We're, we're still right where we were. Amen. I want you to take your Bible, turn to Matthew chapter 24. Matthew chapter 24. And I, I, I tell you, last week we didn't even get in Matthew 24 except to read it. And uh, we're going we're gonna to get into it this morning. But it's important, I think, that we understand, again, and we touch on a few things before we get too far into it this morning. Like we said last week, When Jesus, well, we have to we have to consider what was going on right before verse twenty, uh, chapter twenty four begins. Right before chapter twenty four of Matthew begins, where we've been studying, where we've been talking, Jesus has he has addressed, he has scolded uh, the Pharisees, the scribes, the Herodians, he the the high priest. He's 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 scolded all of them. He's put them all in their place. Uh, it's not a stretch to say he didn't have a very high opinion of them. Amen. Uh, they they hate him. They despise him. They want him dead. He's already prophesied, or he's already spoken back in in chapter sixteen. He's already told his disciples that he had to go to he had to go to Jerusalem and, and he had to suffer many things and and he would be crucified and he would raise, be raised the third day. And they they really didn't get it. They heard him say it, but they they really they they couldn't wrap their minds around it. So. He knows, Jesus, uh, beyond a shadow of a doubt, of course Jesus knows what's going to happen, amen? So all the things that are happening are speaking leading up to his crucifixion. And we need to look back just a little bit, okay? I want you to look verse 33 of 23, chapter 23, verse 33. We'll read down just a little bit. Jesus' words to these, these men, he says in verse 33 and following, Ye serpents, ye generation of vipers, how can you escape the damnation of hell? He said, don't look like there's any way y'all are going to miss hell. Not at all. He said, wherefore, behold, I send you unto you prophets and wise men and scribes. Now, he's speaking from the position of being God there, isn't he? Amen. And they knew he was speaking from that position. He said, and some of them ye shall kill and crucify, and some of them ye shall scourge in your synagogues and persecute them from city to city that upon you may come all the righteous blood shed upon the earth from the blood of righteous Abel unto the blood of Zechariah, son of Barak. Uh, how do you say that? I don't know. I wasn't kin to him, so I really don't know. Barakias, okay, we'll say it that way. Whom you slew between the temple and the altar. Verily I say unto you, all these things shall come upon this generation. Do you remember what that one Jew cried out outside Pilate's hall? He said... This man's blood be upon us and our children. Okay? That's what Jesus is telling them. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets and stonest them which are sent unto thee, how often would I have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathereth her chickens under her wings, and ye would not. I heard somebody talking about uh, going in, going into where a forest fire has been, where everything's burned up, and walking through there and, and see an old dead chicken, and 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 kick it, and the chicks come running out from underneath that dead chicken where she's laid there, and covered her chicks to protect them in that middle of that fire. That's 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 what Jesus is describing there. What he would have done if they had accepted him, but they didn't want him. They rejected him. So he said, Behold, your house is left unto you desolate. Christ is about to walk out of that temple for the very last time. And he's telling them, 
This is it. This is over. Okay? Your house is desolate. It has no meaning. It has no purpose. You rejected the Son. You rejected the Messiah. Your religion is dead. It's over. It's gone. It's nothing. Your house is left unto you desolate. For I say unto you, you shall not see me henceforth, till you shall say, Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Let's go ahead and pray. Father in heaven, Lord, we come before your throne this morning, and we need you. Lord, I dare not try to get up and speak on this subject, Father, without praying and asking you for your power, Lord, because I know that I'm nothing. I know that I can do nothing. I know that nothing good will come of me, Lord, if the Holy Spirit of God is not in control. Father, I ask you to cleanse me and forgive me of anything in my life that might hinder you. Lord God, I don't want to be a hindrance at all. Lord, I want to be a help. I pray, Lord, you make me a useful vessel. Lord, an honorable vessel. I pray you pour, you pour me out, Lord. Pour yourself into me and pour me out this morning. I just want to honor Christ. I just want to give him glory. Please help me now. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right. So, verse tw- chapter 24, verse 1. And Jesus went out and departed from the temple. And his disciples came to him for to show him the buildings of the temple. Now, before we go any further, like we said last week, just to touch on this, confusion sets in when people read this chapter and they try to place the church in chapter 24 of Matthew. But the church was not even in existence in Matthew 24. Now, you might argue and say, well, Jesus had his 12 with him and they went everywhere he went and there's church right there. But the church as we know it today was not in existence. Christ was still on the earth. Amen? And, and so... The church was not spoken of at this point. Not the church that we know of right now. When Jesus is speaking to, to, to his disciples, he is addressing the things that are going to take place, things that are going to happen to Israel. Okay? It, the church is not in here. So we're going to look at this. And I want to make sure you understand that. So I, first thing I want to do, I want to talk about something real quickly. I want us to turn over to First uh, Thessalonians chapter 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, if you would turn over there with me in your Bible. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Give you just a minute to find that. First Thessalonians chapter 4, and we'll look at verse 13 and following. All right, hopefully you found it. If not, just... There intelligently at the page you're at, and we'll all thank you there. Amen. Amen. First Thessalonians chapter four, verse thirteen. Paul said to the Thessalonian church, "But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope." I don't want you to be like the lost heathen and think, "Well, they're dead, and I'll never see them again." You know, that's the end. He said, "For if we believe." that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus or have died a believer, that's what that means, will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. Now that word prevent, it doesn't mean exactly the same thing it means today. The word prevent there meant go before. 
okay? And today the word prevent would mean to keep from happening, but it doesn't. It, it means to go before. He's saying that that they that those which are alive and remain under the coming of the Lord, we won't go before them that sleep. No, those that sleep are coming out of the grave. The Bible says, "For the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Oh, them graves gonna bust open. Hey, listen, they're going to come up out of them graves, and, and they ain't going to be corrupted, decayed bodies coming out of them graves. going to be brand new, glorified bodies. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together. Amen. Right there, you see it? We shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. God wants you as a believer, as a part of his church, to have comfort. God doesn't want us to be afraid. God doesn't want us to, to go about our, our, I mean, yes, to have, a, to have a holy reverence for God, yes, that kind of fear, but not a fear, an anxiety, a worry, a panic. When we see things begin to get worse in our world, we're not, we're not sitting by our nails and, 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 and think, well, God... Does God know what's going on? Is God, can God handle this? Listen, God's got it. God wants you to enjoy your Christian life. God intends for you to enjoy his grace. Amen? I mean, listen, that's what Paul said. Grace be unto you. Grace be unto you. Grace be unto you. Grace be unto you. Time and time and time and time and time. Again. Peace and grace. Amen? That's what God wants us to have. God wants us to rejoice in the hope of his coming. Amen? We are to be looking for that blessed hope. Amen? So that's why he says to comfort one another with these words. Now, look, again, keep looking there in verse 5, chapter 5, rather. But of the times and the seasons, brethren, ye have no need that I write unto you. You say, what does that mean, the times and the seasons? That's what we're going to talk about this morning, the things that are going to happen to Israel, the things where he's, he's given all this information about all these things that are going to take place. He said, for yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. Now, again, <clears throat> we're, when a thief comes, you're not expecting it, okay? Now, you, you may say, well, nobody knows when the Lord's coming. But we know he's coming, amen? We expect him to come. We don't know when he's coming, but we are to be expecting his coming. We're to be looking up. We're to be anxiously anticipating the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, so when it says the day of the Lord cometh, so cometh as a thief in the night. Okay, well, let's, let's look a little further. We'll see. For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. Where are they going to say peace and safety? It's going to be right here, right after the Antichrist makes a covenant with Israel. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll give you that real quickly. I know I read it last week, but let's just get it one more time. All right. Verse 27 of Daniel 9, and he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. And you say, who is that he? That's back in, back in chapter, uh, verse 26. All right, it says, and after three score and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off, but not for himself. That's Jesus. He's going to die. And the, the people of the prince that shall come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. And the end thereof shall be with a flood and with the end 
And unto the end of the war, desolations are determined, and he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. He's going to confirm a covenant between Israel and all these other nations, and they're going to, they're going to, have, a, they're going to have a peace plan. We're hearing, we're hearing talks about one right now. They're talking about a peace settlement right now for Palestine and Israel. Uh, for the Palestinians, I say, whatever they call them. Uh, but the Bible says in the, and in the midst of that week, that he'll confirm a covenant for one week. That's, that's the 70th week of, of, of Daniel. And in the midst of the week, he shall... I'm sorry, it's the time of Jacob's trouble. That's 70 weeks. All right? The midst of the week, he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease. And for the overspreading of abominations, he shall make it desolate. Now, in the very beginning, right after the church leaves here, that's when the Antichrist is going to make his covenant. All right, there there has to be there has to be three and a half years passed to the middle of that week. All right, at the middle of that week, that's when the abomination of desolation. That's when the Antichrist is going to set up his image in the temple. You say, what temple? There's no temple. That's right. There is no temple right now. Jesus is going to talk about a temple. The temple being destroyed. So there's another temple coming. There has to be some things take place. Before, before all of these things are going to happen, there has to be a temple, a third temple built. In order for that third temple to build, some, be built, something's going to have to happen in Islam because right now there's a mosque sitting on that site. Something's going to have to happen with the Muslim world in, in order for them to get that Muslim mosque tore down and a temple to be rebuilt. Yeah, I'll pray for me. I got a lot of info in his head, and it's, it's all scrambled. I'm trying to get it all together. <clears throat> Pray God helps me. Uh, now, let's keep going here. Verse 4, chapter 5. We were in 1 Thessalonians. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness, that that day should overtake you as a thief. He said, y'all know what's going to happen. He said, ye are all the children of light. And the children of the day, we are not of the night nor in darkness. He's, he's, you know what, you know who's of the night and who's in darkness? Those who don't believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. So who do you reckon he's speaking of? He's, he's speaking of those Jews who don't believe. All right? Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. See, we're to watch. They don't know. They're, it's going to hit them like a thief, but we are watching and we know. For they that sleep, sleep in the night, and they that be drunken are drunken in the night. But let us, who are of the day, be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. So God hadn't appointed us for the wrath that he's going to pour out here. God has not planned this for us. This is, this is a judgment that's going to fall upon Israel. This is God bringing and gathering back his people to himself. All right. Now, let's look over in 2 Thessalonians. Turn to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, beginning with verse 1. We'll read down through verse 11. Now we beseech you, brethren. Now, why is Paul writing this, first of all? I, I, I think we'll see it right here. By the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him. 
All right, so this is what it's concerning. It's concerning him coming and our gathering together unto him that ye be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter as from us as that the day of Christ is at hand. Okay, I want you to understand what happened. Evidently, somebody had wrote a letter to the church of Thessalonica pretending to be Paul the Apostle, and this church is going through troubles. I mean, listen, all the New Testament churches were had, had troubles. They were all up against a pagan society that did not want them there. And, I mean, they were persecuted by the Jews who wanted them to follow the law. There was a lot of confusion. There was a lot of trouble, a lot of hardships. And, listen, it wasn't hard for them to consider, hey, well, maybe we're going through tribulation right now. Maybe this is it. And then they get a letter from somebody claiming to be Paul who's telling them, hey, y'all missed, y'all missed it. You're now in the time of Jacob's trouble. You're, listen, you must, you must have missed all that. He said, let no man deceive you. Let no man deceive you by any means. For that day shall not come. That day shall not come except what? Except they're coming, falling away first. And that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Now, hold on a minute. That day shall not come. What day? The church rapture? No. The day of the Lord when Christ comes back, and this is only halfway. There's another half here, and there's a second coming. He said that's not going to happen. That is not going to happen except. There come a falling away first. Now, that falling away, thats, that's I, I can't sit here and definitively, definitively tell you exactly what that's referring to. It, may, it, 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 it There's certainly a falling away going on right now as far as church, churches growing. No, we're not growing. We're shrinking, and I think everybody knows that. Churches across America. I'm talking about Bible-believing, Bible-preaching, Bible-teaching churches. There's plenty, of, there's plenty of worship centers full of people doing activities, but real Bible-believing, preaching, teaching churches are shrinking. We're seeing a time of, of the Laodicean church age where churches are just not what we used to be. Okay, So there's certainly a falling away amongst Christianity, but I don't really even think that's what it's referring to. Some, some, some scholars say, well, that's referring to the rapture of the church. They say it's a falling away, but I don't believe that's it either because the Greek, word, uh, the Greek word is apostasia, which is apostasy, and that's turning away from the truth. <laughs> but I can tell you this. Israel is going to turn back to the old sacrifices. As soon as that temple's built, they're going to start doing those sacrifices in the temple. They're going to go. They're going to go right back, full, full, wide open into ritualistic sacrifice. I don't know if that's what it's referring to or not, but I know this: God says right here, there's going to be a falling away first. All right, and He says, "And that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition." That has the man of sin has to be revealed, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he is God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. He said, remember you not when I was with you, I told you these things. And now you know 
what now this is very important right here. Now you know what withholdeth. What keeps back all these things from happening? Something is holding all this back that he might re- that he might be revealed in his time. That's the man of sin. That's the Antichrist. What's holding that back that he might be revealed? For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Listen, <clears throat> we see it happening today in America. We see the mystery of iniquity. Listen, don't, don't you know understand these liberals? They want to usher in a world where there's no more borders. They want to usher in a world where there's one economy, one, one, one court system, one, one uh, financial system. They want this one world order. They're pushing for it with everything they have. Uh, in, in, in Europe, there was the EU, which is now in shambles, it looks like, but that was pushing toward it. There, it's around the world, all these unions of nations. It's, that's, that's happening for a reason. It's getting ready for these last days, amen? So, that mystery of iniquity doth already work. Alexander the Great, he was a, he was a type of antichrist. Don't, don't you think Adolf Hitler was a little bit of a type of antichrist? I mean, there have been many who've come along the way. I mean, that's not a secret. There are plenty of, of, of antichrists who've showed up, but not the antichrist. That mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only now, here's the curious part of it. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. Now that word letteth it means hinders. Only he who now letteth or hinders will let or hinder until he be taken out of the way, and then shall that wicked be revealed. So that wicked is the antichrist. So what is hindering the antichrist from being revealed? It's he who now hinders him from coming or him from coming on the scene. Well, who is that he? That's God's Holy Spirit who lives in the spirit, in, in the body of believers. And while we are here, while we are here on this earth, God is restraining the Antichrist from being revealed. And it says, and then once he who hinders is taken out of the way, well, when will that happen? Well, he's living in the church right now. So when we're gone, then the Antichrist is going to be revealed. Then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders and with all deceivableness and of unrighteousness in them that perish because they received not the love of the truth that they might be saved. For this cause God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believed not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. I'm going to tell you something right now. If a person under the sound of my voice is toying with idols, well, maybe I ought to get saved or maybe I shouldn't. I'm going to tell you something. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved because I'm going to tell you, if you've heard the gospel now, if you know it now and you say, I don't know if I want to be saved or not, God says, you know what? You get over there, you're going to believe a lie. Amen. You could have gotten it, but you believed the lie. You, you, you believe the lie now, you believe the lie later. Now, I'm gonna, that's part I'm going to read there. Let's get back to Matthew 24. I just wanted to cover that just so you, church, you understand. Listen, God's got a different plan for us than he does Israel. 
I thank God for that too. But he does. He has a different plan for us. All right, so back to Matthew 24. And don't don't worry, we're not going to cover all this. we got 20 minutes, all right? So we're just going to cover a little, amen? We'll cover, the, we'll cover some more next week. So, and Jesus went out. Get my notes open here. And Jesus went out and departed from the temple. And his disciples came to him and for to, for to show him the buildings of the temple. Now, you say, well, why did they do that? I don't know why they came to show him the buildings of the temple, but that's what God had planned. That's what happened. And Jesus said unto them, See ye not all these things? Verily I say unto you, There shall not be left one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, Now, I want you to note, they, they, they asked him three questions. So first of all, tell us, when shall these things be? Secondly, and what shall be the sign of thy coming? Thirdly, and of the end of the world. And Jesus answered and said unto them, first thing he said, take heed that no man deceive you. You, want, you know why Jesus said that? Because there will be a lot of deception. There's, in this day, there's a lot of deception. I, I heard Dr. Lee Robertson preach back in 1990. Uh, 90, I can't remember what year it was, but it was his 90th birthday. I heard Dr. Lee Robertson preach, and, and he was the president and founder of Tennessee Temple University, and he, he, he made this statement. He said back then, he said, I would, I would, I'm so glad I got saved when I got saved. I'm so glad I'm not lost today trying to find the truth. He, he said there's so much deception. There's so many lies out there today. It's, it's so different than it used to be. There's so much confusion. And I say even, even then, the Internet had not hit yet when he was saying all that. There's so much false information. I thank God I've got the word. Amen? Now, so he asked this threefold, they asked this threefold question of Jesus, and we're going to try our best to answer some of it. We're going to try our best to understand some of it. So beginning in verse, in verse 5, here's what he said. He said, For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many, and ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars, See that you be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Amen? But just, just, verse, just verse 4 and 5, all right? Take heed that no man deceive you, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. I want you to take your finger, hold it right there in Matthew 24, and I want you to turn over to, to Revelation chapter 6. Revelation chapter 6. I wish we had about three hours to just sit here and go through this together. I know y'all would be plumb mad at me by 2 o'clock, so we won't do that. But it seems like we need that much time to really get any traction here. The last week, you remember, I showed you the church is there in, in chapters 2 and 3. 
God, Christ is speaking to the churches in chapter 2 and 3. At the beginning of chapter 4, we see John caught up into heaven. There's a picture of the rapture there. In chapter 5 and verse 9, they sung a new song, and you see, you see the church there in heaven, redeemed out of, out of, out of every, uh, redeemed by the blood out of every kindred, tongue, people, and nation, and has made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. That's the Lord's church. All right, so when we get to chapter 6, and I want you, again, keep your finger there in Matthew chapter 24. All right, chapter 1 and 2. The Bible said, And I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seals, and I heard, as it were, the noise of thunder, one of the first beasts saying, Come and see. And I saw, and behold, a white horse. And he that sat on him had a bow. And a crown was given unto him, and he went forth conquering and to conquer. And, and, and see, if you didn't know better, you might say, well, there's Jesus. He's on a white horse. But that's not Christ. That's not Christ at all. No, Christ didn't have a bow in his hand. What does Christ have? He has a sword out of his mouth. Amen? He's, he's in a vesture dipped in blood, and on his thighs written, King of kings and Lord of lords. This is not Jesus at all. Oh, no. This is a deceiver. This is Antichrist whom he spoke about there in Matthew 24 when he said, Take heed that no man deceive you, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. Well, this first seal, this seven-seal scroll that the Lamb stepped forth and was worthy in chapter 5 of Revelation to open and to loose the seals. Seal number one is that white horse. And it pictures the Antichrist. And when he comes, he promises peace and safety. He comes with a bow. He doesn't say he has any arrows. He comes and he promises peace and safety. But what is he doing? He's lying because he is going, he, through peace he's going to destroy. Okay? So that's the first, the first thing that Christ warns about is that white horse. I'm going to go quick because I know we don't have much time. Second thing, Matthew chapter 24, verses 6 through 7. All right? It's, he said, secondly, he said, Ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. Okay? Now look in Revelation 6. And when he had opened the second seal, I heard a second beast say, Come and see. And there went out another horse that was red, and power was given to him that sat thereon to take peace from the earth, and that they should kill one another that there was given unto him a great sword. Now, I don't know what this, what, what that rep, if that represents nuclear war. I don't know what it's going to represent. But I do know it's going to represent war on the earth. There's going to, and, and Jesus said, what did he say? You'll hear of wars and rumors of wars. There's going to be a time of war on the earth. There's going to be a lot of people die during that time. But that's the second seal he's speaking of. See, he's speaking of Israel and things that Israel is going to endure. All right, look at the third one. Look at the third one. 
Matthew 24, verse 7, the last part of, the, of verse 7, he said, and there shall be famines. There shall be famines. As we look in Revelation 6, verses 5 and 6, and when he had opened the third seal, I heard the third beast say, come and see. And, and I beheld in a low a black horse, and he that sat on him had a pair of balances in his hand. And I heard the voice in the midst of the four beasts say, a measure of wheat for a penny and three measures of barley for a penny and see thou hurt not the oil and the wine. So we've had a white horse, this deceiver, who's made a covenant with Israel and he's promised peace even though there is no peace. And secondly, we see the, the, the red horse and he that sat on him caused war. And then we see the third seal, the black horse that comes forth and it brings forth famine. There's war on the earth. There's wars all over the earth at that time, and it's going to cause, listen, you, you start blowing everything up. You have nation rising against nation. You know what you're going to have? You're going to have a very big disruption in the food supply. Amen. You're going to have rationing. You're going to have all those things. All those things are going to get difficult for those folks during that time. All right, let's look at the fourth. We've got to hurry. Feel like I'm going too fast, but I ain't got much time, so we just going y'all have to bear with me. Matthew 24, the end of seven and eight, and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Okay, look in chapter six, verses seven and eight. It's the fourth horse of the apocalypse. It's that pale horse. He that sat on him, you know what his name was? Death. And hell followed with him. And when he had opened the fourth seal, I heard a voice of the fourth, fourth beast say, Come and see. And I looked, and behold, a pale horse, and the name of him that sat on him was death, and hell followed with him. And power was given unto, him, unto them over the fourth part of the earth to kill with the sword, with hunger, and with death, and with the beasts of the earth. Jesus is just telling them the things that are going to take place once, once the Antichrist makes a covenant with Israel, once the church is gone. He doesn't mention the church here because, again, it's a mystery that had not been revealed. Amen? So it wasn't time for it to be revealed. So he's speaking to the men of Israel concerning Israel. Now we go to the fifth. Matthew 24, verses 9 through 13. Matthew 24, 9 through 13. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you, and you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall arise and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure to the end, the same shall be saved. Now again, last week we stopped right there and what did we, what, what did we make note of? He that shall endure to the end, the same shall be saved. I'm saved by grace through faith. I'm secure, wholly secure in Christ. There is nothing that the devil can do to undo my salvation. As we talked about in here one time, Jesus said, he, he said, I'm in his hand, 
And he said, I and the Father are one, so I'm in his hand, his hand's in the Father's hand, and I'm sealed by the Holy Spirit until the day of redemption. So I'm in a threefold seal because I believed on Christ to wash my sins away in his blood that he shed on Calvary. So I'm sealed, safe, and secure, and can't nothing have me. I'm saved, S-A-V-E-D, saved. Not through anything that I've ever done, but what because of what Christ has done for me. I cannot lose my salvation, nor do I have to do anything to hang on to my salvation. You say, well, what about these Jews? Listen, they, ain't, they can't take that mark. Amen? They can't take that mark during that time. Amen? They can't give in and say, well, I'll just take the mark. I, I still, I, listen, no, you won't. They won't. No. There's going to be some things that are going to take place during that time. You say, what are they? Well, look in chapter 6 of Revelation. Look at verse 9 through 11. And when he had opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of them that were slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. They had to die for what they believed. You say, well, people are dying right now for what they believe. There are pastors in China that are dying for what they believe. Well, there have been people all along that have died for what they believe. There are people, that, listen, there are people all over the world that are dying at the hand of, of, of Muslims and others. During, during the Dark Ages, there were some 50 million believers that were murdered for their faith. This is the time of Jacob's trouble. The Bible said, And they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, dost thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? And white robes were given unto every one of them. And it was said unto them that they should rest yet a little season until their fellow servants also and their brethren that should be killed as they were should be fulfilled. Jesus says, Not time yet. Not time yet. But you see, he's telling them. They're asking him, when are these things going to be? Well, he's telling them what's going to happen. All right? And let's look very quickly. Now, now to the second question. Well, what was the second question? When shall be the sign of thy coming? All right, verse 24 and verse, chapter 24 and verse 15. Chapter 24 and verse 15, Matthew 24, 15. When ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place. Whoso readeth, let him understand. Now we read about that last week. They said that Israel is going to be like a woman in a labor. She's going to grab, they're going to grab their loins. They're going to realize when that happens. And that's going to happen in the middle of this week that the, that the Antichrist is going to put his, his statue. You know, we see that foreshadowed all through the book of Daniel with all the statues that are, that are there. Like the statue that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were, were told to bow down to. It's a picture. Daniel's a prophetic book. That's what it is. It tells us over and over again. You can find the Antichrist in at least eight chapters of Daniel. Antichrist, the Antichrist, he is going to set up his image, and he's going to, he's going to at that time, all the lamb killing's over with. 
He's going to, I assume he's going to walk in and say, you know what? Enough of this. I'm God. You worship me. And when that takes place, they're going to go, oh, no. We made a terrible, terrible mistake. And we're going to see what happens beyond all that. We're going to see what happens beyond all that. Let's look, let's look at, in, in chapter 24 of Matthew, verses 16 through 22, and I think we'll bring it to a close on this one. Matthew 24, verses 16 through 22. The Bible says, Then let them which be in Judea flee into the mountains. Let him which is on the housetop not come down to take anything out of his house. Neither let him which is in the field return back to take his clothes. And woe unto them that are with child, to them that give suck in those days. But pray that your flight be not in the winter, neither on the Sabbath day. Now, who in the world worries about the Sabbath day? That's Israel. That's the Jews. That's not us. For then shall be great tribulation, such as was not sent since the beginning of the world to this time, nor no, nor ever shall be. Except those days should be shortened, there should be no flesh be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days should be shortened. Then if any man shall say unto you, Lo, here is Christ, or there, believe it not, for there shall arise false Christ. I done gone too far. I said I was going to stop at 20. So we'll just stop. We'll just stop right there. Now, when that time comes, in the middle of the week, those, those Jews are going to flee to Petra. It's a fortress God has for them where they'll be safe from the Antichrist. Now, I want to tell you something. They're going to flee to the rock. But I'm going to say to somebody this morning, if you're under, under the sound of my voice, whether you're here with us in the congregation or you're listening in on the Internet, I want to tell you something. Flee to the rock now. Not to the rock Petra, but to the rock Jesus Christ. Amen. Listen, don't wait around and say, well, I'll take my chances during the tribulation period. No, you don't want to take your chances during the tribulation Right now, right now, if you'll hear his voice. Harden not your heart. Right now, today, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Listen, those people laughed at Noah when he was building that ark, and they said, it ain't never rained before. What in the world? You're crazy. Just like people look at us sitting here warning and trying to tell you, don't go to hell from here. Noah was saying, get in the ark. Don't wait around here. You need to be sure to get in this ark. I'm going to tell you something. Christ is our ark. Amen. Listen, come to Christ. Come to Christ. Cast all your, all your burden of sin down at his altar and say, Lord, I'm a sinner. I need to be forgiven. I need to be cleansed. I need to be saved. Save me. You don't want to face God's wrath. You don't want to face God's judgment. You don't want to wait. Believe. God's given you an opportunity. You say, what do I have to do? God says to repent. Amen. So what does that mean? That means, listen, I know I've done wrong. I know I've broken God's laws. I know. I know. And, Lord, I agree with you that I'm wrong, and I'm turning to you, and I'm asking you, wash me clean in Jesus' blood. Cleanse my sins. Make me righteous and holy in your sight. And the only way a person who's a sinner can be made righteous is washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. All those little lambs that were slain all down through history, they couldn't take away sin. They were there simply as a picture of the lamb that was coming. 
and his blood is able to wash sin away. It's not complicated. It's very simple. You can't save yourself. There's not a thing you can do, not a work you can do. I tell people all the time, you don't have a sin eraser. You can't, you can't undo it. You may say, well, I, I, maybe if I do enough good deeds and they'll outweigh my bad deeds. Listen, there's no checklist in heaven's door to see if you've outweighed the good or the bad. Listen, it all hinges on one thing. What have you done with Jesus Christ? You may say, well, I know, I know Jesus lived. I believe that. And I believe he died. I believe they killed him. But let me ask you something. Did he die for you? Did he die for you? He didn't die for himself. He didn't die because he was guilty of anything. Oh, no. He went to that cross with one purpose, and that purpose was you. God put all the, all the wrath that he had against you, against me, for our dirty, filthy lives and our dirty, filthy sins. And God punished his own son as if it were us hanging on that cross. He didn't spare anything. He poured out the full volume of his wrath. And three days after Jesus was in that grave, God raised him. And he walked out of that grave alive. And he's been alive ever since, and he'll be alive forevermore. He sat on the cross before he took his last breath. He cried out this word, Tetelestai. It means paid in full. The debt's paid. Will you take the gift? Or will you look to God and say, I refuse. I don't want it. And if you don't want it, listen, God is a gentleman. He will not make you take it. God, and I hear people say today, I hear people say, you know, I don't believe in a God who would send a whole... Listen, Aaron Rodgers, quarterback of the Green Bay Packers, made this statement the other day, and I can't quote him verbatim, but here's what he said. I don't believe in a God that would send 90% of the people on earth to hell, to a fiery hell. I just don't believe that. The problem is 90% of the world rejects Jesus Christ. That's, that, God's not willing. The Bible says God's not willing that any should perish. God didn't want a single soul in hell. But because men refuse God's sacrifice for their sin, God has no other choice. I say to you today, you don't want to go through that. You don't want to face that. I hadn't even got to the, the things that are going to happen when those trumpets begin to blow, hailstones, 100 pounds each falling from heaven on the earth, stars falling from heaven, moon turned to blood, earthquakes. Uh, listen, there's going to be some horrific things, and we'll get into that. But don't go to hell from here. Don't go to hell from here. Not when the door is wide open. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. Let's stand together. <laughs> Sister, come play us a song of invitation. 382 in the All-American Hymnal. If God's speaking to your heart today, I urge you to come. Listen, we'll take the Bible and show you how to be saved. We'll, we'll make it as simple. If, we just, if, you, if you're already ready to be saved, you say, I, need, I just need to believe, I need to trust. We'll pray with you. Whatever, you. whatever it may be, God, if God's working in your life, you're in the right place. Listen, how many of you in here this morning be glad if somebody came and, and, and got their soul right with God today? Hold your hand up. Amen. Wouldn't you be glad? Amen.
Praise God. Listen, you're, you're in a good place. Let's do business with God today. Let's do business with God as we sing. 360, uh, 382, rather. Softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling, calling for you and for me. See on the portals, he's waiting and watching, watching for you and for me. Come home, come home. <coughs> Ye who are weary, come home. Earnestly, tenderly, Jesus is calling, calling, oh sinner, come home. Third verse. What time is now fleeting, the moments are passing, passing from you and from me. Shadows are gathering, deathbeds are coming. Coming for you and for me. Come home, come home. Ye who are weary, come home. Earnestly, tenderly, Jesus is calling, calling, oh sinner. Come. 